0: Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed-out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress, too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can, too. When Pedro and I first married, we lived in a mild climate and decided to buy a scooter instead of a second car. One busy day, I skipped lunch and rode straight from work to the library in town on the scooter. After returning a stack of books and finding new ones, I put my helmet on and settled into the seat of the scooter. My hands felt a little shaky as I started it and put it into gear. As I pulled out of the parking lot, a car entered, and I grabbed the brakes and tumbled over into the soft grass next to the sidewalk. I sat there, dazed for a minute, trying to figure out what had just happened. I righted the scooter, restarted it, and drove home like I was driving Miss Daisy. My first experience with the effects of low blood sugar left me with a few bruises and a small scratch on the scooter. Failing to nourish my body results in me losing my ability to handle seemingly simple physical tasks. Since that time, I've had a few other brushes with bad low blood sugar, usually when I don't eat a balanced diet and I don't exercise. I make it a point to never skip a meal unless it's medically necessary. The spiritual aspects of our nature can suffer when we fail to feed ourselves, too. I've gotten caught up in life and failed to spend quality time with God each day. And then I end up with a case of heavenly hangry, akin to a spiritual low blood sugar. Here are seven hacks for forming spiritual healthy habits. The Bible gives some great advice in the fourth chapter of James, verses 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So, here are the lessons I learned from that verse. Number one, submit. Recognize that you have spiritual needs, and ask God to help you learn to care for yourself. Hack number two. Resist. The devil will try to dissuade you and give you a million reasons why you don't need to develop a spiritual self care plan today. Ignore him. Resist his bad advice. Hack number three, come near. God promises that if we come near to him, he will come near to us. Sign up to receive a daily Bible verse from you version or Bible gateway. Make a point to read this text the first thing you do each morning. Hack number four, Ask for wisdom. God promises to give us wisdom, especially when we read and study the Bible. Hack number five, conversations. Talk to God like you would talk to a real person sitting next to you. If it feels more comfortable, write him a note or a letter in a journal. You don't need to get on your knees or be in a special place to talk to God. Hack number six, apply. Talk to God about how you should apply the Bible text or verse you read to your life. Without application, reading the Bible doesn't do a whole lot of good. And hack number seven, schedule. Above all, make sure you schedule time for God. You don't have to spend an hour in prayer a day or get up at three in order to spend two hours in Bible study, but you do need to schedule time to spend with God each and every day. You need to make it a habit. So here are some hacks on forming habits. You may have heard that it only takes three weeks to form a new habit, or break an old one. But new research shows that while some simple habits may only take 21 days to incorporate into our lives, not all habits are created equal. Waking up at a certain time, drinking 64 ounces of water a day, or foregoing dessert after dinner come pretty easily for some people. Other habits might take up to 254 days to turn into second nature, it all depends on the complexity of the habit and our attitude towards it. Fortunately for us, we have an upgraded level of service available to us when it comes to forming positive spiritual self-care habits. Prayer. Forming new habits will take time, but we don't have to struggle alone. In James 1.5, we learn that if any of us seeks wisdom... We only have to ask God, and He will give it to us. So start your spiritual self-care by praying for wisdom as you explore ways to deepen your relationship with God. And here are some specific things that we can do. If we schedule the big four elements of self-care into our lives, we'll find it easier to fit everything else in. Make time daily to nurture your mental health, your academic or artistic self, your physical self, and your spiritual self. We have time for what we make time for. I fall prey to the mindset that I have to put others first and completely ignore my own basic needs. It doesn't work well. It's like trying to fit all the stuff into my life in the wrong order. I major in the minors and put out little fires first. Things like checking Facebook, tweeting, and posting on Instagram. I realize I have wasted time, so I rush around trying to take care of everyone else and all the little details for work. At the end of the day, I collapse in exhaustion. I look back and realize I haven't done a single thing to keep me healthy. If, on the other hand, I start my day by spending time with God, exercising, and journaling, my day goes a lot better. I read every day during my lunch break to keep my mind active. I go birding on the weekends and spend time photographing nature. When I do these things, I have the energy and resources to tackle all the stuff. Of course, we all have seasons where we have more or less time to spend on self-care, but we still need to schedule the time. Set alarms on your phone, block off time on your calendar, and guard those appointments. Start small, but start today. When we spend time on self-care, the results will benefit the other important areas of our lives family, work, and friendships. Whatever you do, you need to beware of loyalty. Loyalty can be a good thing or a bad thing. If we look at the definition of the word loyalty, a noun, it is the quality or state of being loyal. Loyal, the root of loyalty, means the quality of being unswerving in allegiance to a country, person, or cause. On the surface, loyalty looks like a good thing, right? Maybe. I know for a fact that loyalty to my husband caused me to gain 55 pounds and lose my health for years. When he experienced a catastrophic cancer diagnosis, I unswervingly fought for his cause with doctors, insurance companies, hospital staff, and even his own hopelessness. During his 11-month fight, I stopped taking care of myself. I ate whatever I could whenever I had time to eat. My exercise regimen went out the window. Instead of my normal daily devotions, I only shot prayers heavenward when all seemed hopeless. Of course, I had limited options. I had promised when we married to stay loyal through sickness and through health. Loyalty is a good thing. It gets us through rough times. But it can also turn into a bad thing when it consumes our time, energies, emotions, and affections. Unfortunately, I stopped investing time and attention in our daughters while fighting cancer with Pedro. It took a few years to regain my former relationships with our girls. Sadly, it took almost a decade for them to recover from the trauma of Pedro's illness. I know a couple that remains devoutly loyal to each other, despite the fact that his undiagnosed and untreated mental illness has caused them both to lose jobs, estranged them from friends and family, and made their children miserable. She knows in her heart that he needs help but her loyalty to him prevents her from insisting that he seek treatment. In this case, loyalty is a bad thing. Loving a person with untreated mental illness can wear a person down to the point of breaking. Self-care gets tossed out the window. And when we stop taking care of ourselves, we lose perspective on life and our selfhood. Remember that stepping away from a misguided sense of loyalty does not make you disloyal it makes you wise. We show more loyalty to the ones we love when we actually affect positive changes in their lives. We also show loyalty to ourselves, too. That makes it a win-win situation. You might not know it, but perhaps loyalty is getting in the way of you forming positive spiritual self-care habits. So here's what I suggest you do. Take an inventory of your life. Divide a piece of paper into three columns. Write loyal action, pros or cons, and action at the top of each column. In the first column, make an honest list of all that you have pledged loyalty to, whether formally or informally. People, work, church, your marriage, commitment, ideas, pets, habits, mindset, and hobbies, or anything else you can think of. Now, evaluate each item and determine how that loyalty works for you. Does it bring you joy, contentment, and growth? Or does it wear you out, make you sad, angry, frustrated, or hopeless? Does it enhance or detract from your primary loyalties? In what ways does it prevent you from taking care of yourself? The next part, evaluating what action you should take, works best with prayer and time to reflect. But don't leave this step out. Honest, prayerful reflection will help you understand if you've fallen victim to blind loyalty. You'll find it easy to take some of the actions. Quitting your candy crush addiction, for example. Some actions will require deeper thought and prayer. You may even want to start counseling if you discover you have fallen into a destructive habit to a person or a thing out of a sense of blind loyalty. Whatever you do, don't let blind loyalty rob you of your basic human need for self-care. Trust me, the results aren't pretty. So the hacks for improving your spiritual self-care are simple. Look up the first chapter of James, verses 7 and 8 and follow the seven pieces of advice it gives us. Hack number two, don't forget to learn how to schedule things. I'll leave some links in the show notes on habit forming and creating schedules. And hack number three, evaluate your loyalties and make sure that your loyalties aren't preventing you from having a deeper spiritual life. Come back next week when I talk about how to get along with your family over the holidays. I know it's a little early for the holidays, but for some family members, it takes a couple of months of mental preparation. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.